0: Is that the most diplomatic way I can say that?
1: Well,
2: yeah, kind of. I think it's i think it's the answer that your wife would like. Yeah. like it's, I, I... Hi, I'm chef, restaurant owner and music fan, Paul Ainsworth. And this is Knives, Forks and Tunes, the podcast where we ask the all-important questions, dream dinner party menu, playlist, and of course, who's invited. Every episode's cooking tips and party playlists are available in the show's description. My guest this week is rugby legend, Martin Afaya. Man of steel, Martin has had a long and celebrated career in rugby. He scored more than 500 tries across his rugby league career, which means he is the third highest try scorer of all time and the top try scoring English player of all time. He has a statue outside Wembley Stadium amongst four other legends of rugby league and was awarded an MBE in 1997. Martin, welcome to Knives, Forks and Tunes. Pleasure, thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. I mean, the top English try scorer of all time, statue outside of Wembley. I mean,
1: you're doing all right, mate. I know, I have to pinch myself a lot of times. You know, I always ask myself, how does a skinny kid from Hackney end up with a statue outside Wembley? It doesn't make sense, but um, yeah, you know, I put it all down to... Um, my siblings, my dad, my family, uh, you know, instilling a certain mindset in me. I was voted most likely to not, not achieve out of all my family. I'm the only one in my whole family who hasn't got a degree. I come from a family of um, teachers and my dad was a, a barrister. And uh, my older siblings have got degrees, but I always tell, tell them they haven't got an MBA
2: no, no. And can I just say as well, mine, you look like you've got a degree.
1: <laughs> I've got an honorary degree, but yeah. that's not quite the same. <laughs> it's quite a funny day, actually. It was in the in mid-90s, and uh, it was myself, Sherry Blair, and Ken Dodd. Got an honorary degree uh, from John Moore's (laughs) University, as it is now, but it used to be Liverpool Poly when I went there. But I don't tell people that (laughs) because John Moore's University always sounds a lot more (laughs) affluent and uh, and highbrow. But um, yeah, um, yeah, you know, I had a a good journey and it's it's been a great ride and it's still continuing. Can't believe you met Ken Dodd. all of that i know i was Bet just ken like dodd. sat next to sherry blaine ken dodd and myself i'm thinking god i've done some strange things <laughs> and some you know i've done a lot of reality tv shows and i remember once i was with johnny vegas you can go on to youtube and that's what i love about youtube a lot of the stuff i've done is on there i have to even sort of convince my kids that i've achieved stuff like when i tell them i've scored 10 tries in one game i go no you haven't Dad." i said well go and look on youtube yeah. <laughs> but that was a strange mix of people uh on that day in, in Liverpool. And uh, yeah, you know, when you, when you have days like that, they're very surreal. They're very emotive. And, you know, it kind of makes you realise how far you've come because I came, as I say, from Hackney. I didn't know anybody. My parents didn't know anybody. I didn't have the connections that my children have now. You know, I can take them to events and they can meet people and they've swum in Mick Hucknall's pool. And I'm thinking, I have to pinch myself and think, none of this ever happened to me when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's yeah, awesome. Now, I know you're well into food. I've read your menu and we're going to come on to that. Your menu is excellent. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you about your menu. But like generally, do you throw dinner parties? Is that something you love doing?
1: Um, I am a dinner party person. Um, uh, I do share the cooking with my wife. Um, yeah. She always says that, you know, if I want we want to get creative or a little bit fancy, then I take over. But she is the the hard yards cook the day-to-day cook you know (laughs) in that kitchen day in day out producing meals for the family of a certain level of quality or otherwise people are going to start moaning that's a tough gig you know (laughs) cooking once in a while (laughs) you know is all okay but um yeah yeah i have to give my wife props for that yeah
2: and is day-to-day food for you sort of quite regimented in terms of like your regime and staying fit
1: um yeah it, it can be a little bit simple and repetitive cuz you know fruit and vegetables protein uh, and the such like but um I have been retired for quite a long time now and I did go through a period of um, shall I say taking my eye off the ball for want of a better phrase and now I have kind of uh, you know got that back now and um uh <laughs> Uh, I am a lot different to what I was uh, 12 months ago. I lost right. 16 kg um, just through changing of my mindset and realizing that um, I'm not a professional sportsman anymore. Yeah. And if I want to keep fit, it's got to be something that I enjoy. You know, when you know, that's why they call it a lifestyle. When you get fit for everyday life, it's got to be enjoyable. Um, so I, I, I uh, you know, don't train as hard as I used to train a lot harder before. Before, uh, as I'm getting older now, you know you, you can't train your way out of a bad diet, and um, yeah, you have to do things differently. And so I've kind of evolved. I feel like I've evolved now because there was ten years or so. Say I just thought going to the gym three days a week and eating what I w- want was going to keep me fit. It, it wasn't, it, as uh, you know, you pile the pounds on over yeah. time. And, and as I say, because I really did enjoy my food, so. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you went for a whole career of, of denying yourself. So sometimes you do have to like maybe you know indulge for a bit. But as I say, I'm back on track now. I I am um, the same weight I was uh, when I uh, scored that famous try at Wembley. And uh, yeah, as I say, I like to go to my statue and I say I'm the same weight as I was <laughs> uh, back back in the the mid '90s. So that that's good.
2: Brilliant! Like getting back in your wedding suit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, it's not too bad for me. My <laughs> wedding suit was, uh, was only uh, three, three or four years ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I still look better in it now than I did then. Amazing.
2: Right. So, "Nice Forks and Tunes" is all about this like absolute dream fantasy dinner party. So, we know you love dinner parties. We're going to come on to your guests, but let's set the scene. You can choose anywhere you want in the world. Where would you like this dinner party to be?
1: I'm going to have to say I be there because I think there's a magical Gracious. energy about that place. Yeah. Um, it would be obviously Alfresco outside. Yeah. And, you know, Probably on a beach, yeah. Uh, beach restaurant slash bar, cafe mambo, sort <laughs> yeah. of kind of vibes. Well, maybe a bit more upmarket than cafe mambo. Maybe the <laughs> other side, maybe the other side of, of town. Uh, if anyone who knows a that well, uh, maybe the jockey club or, or, or Serengeta or somewhere like that. Somewhere you know a bit more international, uh, where you know people of the world congregate, not just English people. And um, yeah, yeah, somewhere on, on the other side of, of the island. Yes, yeah. And that's very cool.
2: diplomatically put. <laughs> <laughs> we all like to have it now yeah, and then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what he's saying is he'd like to go to the other side of the island where there's no louts. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's nothing I wrong get with, with Mambo. I actually got a funny story about Mambo. One day. I remember like, when Nigel Ben used to DJ and he was uh, DJ at, at Mambo one day and uh, yeah, we had a, a great night that night. But um, yeah, I love Cafe Mambo. I love uh, uh, yeah. San Antonio. I've had some great um, uh, nights there, great memories. Uh, Sean Edwards, um, my, one of my old Wigan teammates is a guy who took me to Ibiza for the first time back in 1995, by which time I was 30. Uh, people don't find that funny when I say I, I was 30 before I went on my first holiday because I was so focused on my career and, and achieving and, you know, being that goal setter. And uh, yeah, then I had to suddenly looked up and I was 30 years old and that's the first time I went on a oh, holiday. No, okay. But Ibiza is a magical place. Yeah, it is.
2: Completely agree. Now, we've got the setting. I can picture this. I'm a big fan of Ibiza. You've got your table. Who's your first guest?
1: My first guess would have to be uh, Michael Jordan. Um, Brilliant. Uh, anyone who's seen the Last Dance documentary and is into uh, success, winning mindset, achieving, learning life lessons, um, I think uh, Michael Jordan is is the goat when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah,
2: completely agree. I mean, you've got a long list, and there's uh, there's some great names on here. There's names on here. I'd, if I ever did this podcast, <laughs> these are people I'd
1: have. It's brilliant. All right, Michael Jordan, brilliant choice. Who's next? Tony Robbins. Um, I've done a few um, uh, Tony Robbins virtual courses. I haven't managed to uh, go to a date with Destiny uh, live in America. Um, that's something I would like to do one day. But as I say, I'm very big on my mindset. Um, and uh, Tony Robbins is somebody who, who's taught me a lot. And I still feel that he's, uh, you know, I'm learning from every day.
2: Yeah, brilliant. Next one. This is also someone I'd have at my my table. Ronaldo. Uh,
1: uh, well, you- hang on, which one? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> 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 if you're, I'll just say I'm a Man United fan. Okay, so. yeah, you've, you've, you've picked, you've picked well, Martin. You have picked well. <laughs> the one who has, uh, shall I say, uh, kept a control under his weight yeah. uh, as he's got older as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's in very good shape, and uh, yeah, um, Ronaldo. He's he's someone who's put a lot of time and effort. You know, I understand he's. Flying his um, cryotherapy chamber over to uh, to uh, Manchester, so he could make sure that uh, he can uh, recover from games. You know, he, he he's an icon. Um, I know people are going to say Maradona, people are going to say Messi, people are going to say uh, you know lots of other players uh, uh, and put their names up there. But I think when you're a, a sportsman, all you're trying to do is get a you know for want of a better phrase a seat at the table to be in the argument once you're in the argument that's all you can do because sport is such an emotional thing and uh, you know there're going to be people who think that george best is is the uh you know the greatest footballer of all time so it's not about your stats it's not about um you know you mentioned that i scored 500 tries 500 tries is, is meaningless in sport sport's about emotion you know and if someone does something in the stadium that you're at and you create an i was there moment and that's for them they're going to love you forever yeah. so and no one is going to ever going to uh you know convince them that someone else is better and that's what i love about sport is is about is about yeah. the emotion and once you you can Create those uh, emotional moments for people; um, they they last forever. And I've always say that uh, you know, being famous is something which is transitory. But you know, once you become an icon, that's when you you're, you're nailed in for all time. Yeah. And uh, as long as I'm on this planet, I'm going to love what uh, Ronaldo did for us the first time around, and I'm loving what he's doing for us now.
2: Yeah. We, well, we
1: need him more than ever at the moment, don't we? Uh, who's next? Uh the next person I've got on the list is Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> I hope my wife is not listening to this podcast cuz I was you know, even though I was putting on there was a few people that I wanted to put on I'm thinking man I'm going to have to say this out loud all these all these names. <laughs> so come on Martin explain yourself. I just like Chloe Kardashian <laughs> and I just thought I can't have a load of men a load of geezers at the um, um at, the, at the at the at the party even though I am a bit of a lad's lad and I like to talk about mindset I like to talk about sport. Um, as you all know, I like to talk about music. But then I also like watching a lot of reality TV. So I could talk yeah. to Chloe about reality TV. can talk to her about Kanye. Maybe she can sort me out some Yeezys. I just thought, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is that the most diplomatic way I can say that?
2: Well, yeah, kind of. I think it's, I think it's the answer that your wife would like. Yeah. It's, I, I thought you might, might come up with something different, but yeah, you went with Kanye, Yeezys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and reality TV. Yeah, I've done a lot of reality yeah, TV. I watch it. a lot of
1: reality TV. So, yeah. Right, fantastic. Who's next? Who's next? Um, Yeah, I've got uh, Maggie Alfonsi and Emily Scarrett. These are two female rugby players because I like, obviously, talking about rugby. Yeah. And um I just thought to myself, well, you know, you've got to balance up the, the table a bit. So I'm just thinking, I'm not thinking boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. But I'm thinking, you know, can't be a a big uh, man-fest, as as they say. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I thought to myself, yeah, you know, female rugby is big. These are two of uh, England's most decorated female rugby players. Um, And I'll I'll be seeing Maggie soon, so I'm going to mention that I I put her in this um, podcast list. (laughs) She's a very influential uh, lady, Maggie Alphonse. You know, she's a big media person now, one of the the few... um, uh, Rugby players uh, from ethnic backgrounds who are now involved in the RFU Council. You know, this whole sort of diversity inclusion debate and Black Lives Matter, and she, she's very big on that. And Emily Scarrett, very talented uh, rugby player. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Easy on the eye as well. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to be very diplomatic. <laughs>
2: Right, we've uh, so after Emily Scarrett, we, uh, we've we got another former rugby player.
1: Yeah, James Haskell, yeah. Uh, you know, a uh, guy who's been very successful. People say that he's been more successful with his um, podcast and the stuff he's done after his career than he was as, a, as an actual rugby player. But, it, you know, uh, the little I know of James and the times I've met him have always had a great laugh. He's got a great personality and he's somebody that would G up everyone else He'd be the flavour, flavour of the dinner party, I think, James. And uh, yeah, great guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, we're still going, right? But this is the biggest table we've had. I nice mean, walks <laughs> and this, on, you have got some, you've got some banging I, I was, gonna go, I was gonna I was going
1: to go, you know, small, intimate. And then I thought to myself, no, let's just make it big. I'm only going to do this once. So no regrets. And I've just thinking that if I'd only had four people and, you know, say one of them wasn't really on their game that day, I'd be thinking, God, I wish I'd invited so-and-so. So I yeah. thought, you know, this is not reality anyway. This is, this is, this is not, so if, if you can't be as real as you can when it's not reality, when can you be? So I just thought, yeah, throw them all in. No. Now, and I like what you've, I mean, look, we'll move on.
2: I like what you've done here as well as we as we go on, because, you know, you've got a big party happening here. Yeah. Obviously, I'll be in the kitchen helping you. Yes. And um, and then you'll jump on the decks afterwards. Oh,
1: absolutely. Because
2: you're a superstar DJ as well. Yeah, yeah. Which we'll come on to. <laughs> right, we've got, yeah, so after James
1: Haskell. After James Haskell, have got Noel Gallagher. Um, always been a big fan of Noel, and uh, I know a lot of my mates were more Liam's fans, but I'm thinking, no... I want to be the guy who actually writes the songs. I just don't want to be yeah. the good-looking front man with a great voice. Um, so yeah, that's why I got to have Noel. there. big.
2: You big Oasis I'm fan? I'm big
1: Oasis fan. It's kind yeah. of weird. People always, uh, I gotta say that things don't have to always make sense in life. You just, you know, you you are who you are. You don't have to be apologised for that or whatever. And uh, as I say, I love house music, and uh, you know, I love a lot of serious music. But if anyone's going to ask me, who am I? Uh, two favorite bands, I'd have to say, you know, and that would be the bands who I've gone to see most live, Yeah. <laughs> and that would be Oasis and Take That. And people say that's a that's a strange combination. I said, like, oh. but I don't know. That's uh, they are my um, uh, two favorite bands to go and see live. And uh, but you know, in the car or if I'm going to a club, I want to listen to house music. But then, obviously, with my kids now, then I'm going. I'm going down the grime angle as well. So, you know, you are you are a mix of lots of different things. Even when people meet me, they say to me, oh, Martin, are you a Northerner? Because obviously I play for Wigan. I say, no. I say that... Um, um, northern cockney of Nigerian extraction because I was born within the chimes of Bow bells which makes me a cockney I'm Nigerian obviously, obviously uh, my parents are, are from Nigeria uh, uh, but you know I've got this affinity with the north because of the sport of rugby league and, and living up there and you know a lot of my personality I I, I support a manchester team in man united yeah. <laughs> and people always give me a hard time about that cuz they say I can't be a cockney with man united i said no, i pay my poll tax up there so i'm allowed that gives me the right <laughs> to s- support the team and obviously you know going to the the hacienda back in 1988 and that being a massive part of my life with the hacienda house music and and living in manchester yeah so i'm a mix of all those things so yeah. my musical taste is uh, is uh, a little bit kind of here there and everywhere <laughs> and just in different places I listen to different stuff but yeah when I go out you know house music and being in in Vegas or being in uh, Ibiza you know DJing or, or being I remember being at you know space closing when the club closed and being on the terrace with um Brandon Block and And uh, Jonathan Ulysses and just think I've got to DJ with these people. You know, I mean, at parties, I was DJing down in Bristol just after lockdown with Jonathan Ulysses. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I get get to to play music with people, you know, iconic DJs. And so to say, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I I love my life. This 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 this
2: could be this could be the the best guest. <laughs> just Man United house music. I beef Like there's just and he's just given he's just inspired me. I'm now gonna introduce myself as a Hampshire lad with Seychelles extraction.
1: <laughs> right, who's next after Noel Gallagher? After Noel Gallagher, got have Idris Elba, my boy Idris. Um obviously he's a great actor uh he's a dj as well yeah. um it's so funny i actually went to um watch a movie that a friend of mine made. imagine this a friend of mine makes a movie and idris is a star as a rugby player and he doesn't put me in the movie to this day i don't know how that happened and i went <laughs> but he gave me a, a you know a ticket to the premiere and um it was kind of funny because obviously idris was playing a a, a, a rugby player towards the end of his career and all the trials and tribulations that he... Uh, that Did he r- ask you for, like, inspiration That's tips? What I'm thinking, I'm thinking... Mate, you, you've stolen some of my life here and put, it, put that on the screen. And um, um, yeah, so I remember getting up, uh, you know, when Idris was doing the talk and asking him what the inspiration was, you know, behind his character. And obviously that got a bit of a, a, a chuckle from the audience. Um, but yeah, Idris is a great guy. Um, obviously, he's a fantastic DJ. And uh, I, th- I actually do play one of Idris's remixes um, when I DJ out. Yeah, uh, I think it's one of his...
2: Uh, Is it the, the latest tra- one we defected? No,
1: no, no, not that one. It's just a remix of a track called a track called Circles. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think somebody else made it, but Idris did a remix of it, and I play that out quite a lot, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. After Idris Elba.
1: After Idris, uh, a bit more street, and I've got Storms in Chipmunk. <laughs> I was going to have Wiley as well, but I just thought, I'm thinking, because I didn't count myself. I think there's like 13... Um, uh, guest there, and I think in I thought it's got to make it even numbers. So I was going to invite Wiley. Sorry, Wiley, if you're hearing this, I was going to invite you uh, because he is the Wiley is the Godfather, and I'm all about the originals. Because you know, no matter who you are, no matter how famous you are, one day someone's going to say, "Who's that?" You know what I mean? Because as time marches on, and I'm all about giving props, and I know that there's a lot of young kids now probably may, may not know who Wiley was, but people should always know what came before them. Yeah, and uh, but you know. Chip, our uh, Chip is a person I think who's probably the biggest best lyricist out of them, but Stormzy's the biggest. So that's that's another thing in life which is funny. You know, how do you magic success? Are you going to measure it by you, know, you make the most money or is it your craft so because i'm sure that must be the same with, yeah. with restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. one might have the better food but they might not have the better you know number of yeah. restaurants they Yeah, might have the fame yeah some yeah. have the fame that might have yeah. uh, uh more actual restaurants making more money so and that's the thing i always find about about life and that's what i love about life and so i love that's what i love about reality tv because it's like the original reality tv show which i never got to do was big brother people think you now that now people go into Big Brother to be famous, but I was always about the the, sh- the human aspects, you know, the scientific thing of that, you know, I always think it's like going to an after party, certain people, you get friendship groups developing, people will go there, going. you know, people get invited because they're either famous or because they're funny or because they've got music or because they've got other stuff <laughs> or they've got or whatever. Everyone's always got a reason for being there and some people get on and some people don't get on and, and, um, that's like real life as well. and I completely, <laughs>
2: I completely understand what you're saying. I'm exactly the same with yeah. the military. yeah. so I like I'm just obsessed by the the mindsets. I take a lot of what the the discipline and how yeah. it is in the military. So like I feel probably like sas who dares win. Yes at the moment you know that you know it's a great show it would probably go on to where like you say like where big brother was where it will be about being famous yeah at the moment i would love to just see how far i could go in that show because i think you know there's a physical aspect to it of course there is yeah but it's it's in here it's the mind
1: life my life is all down to the do you watch that show oh no i don't watch i don't watch that show i'm a bit more fluffy (laughs) I always say this, I've had enough challenges in my life. I'm trying to, I'm trying to have less challenges. Martin, right. I thought you'd
2: watch that. Like, so,
1: so, while, so a, you're, while I'm watching that, you're watching Love Island. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I definitely. I knew it. I watched. <laughs> 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 he, doesn't, he doesn't fancy you he fancies her <laughs> screaming that at the screen <laughs> honestly, honestly. But I'll tell you something <laughs> about the military because I, I've done a couple of um, sort of zooms uh, with different um, regiments and I always say that you know with the military sport learns a lot from military because I always say that business and, and, and life you know people living everyday lives learn a lot from sport about you know the messages about resilience about integrity about authenticity about love about passion but I always say that sport learns a lot from the military because that is the the, the ultimate battle zone, isn't it? You know, there's a if anyone goes onto my TikTok, there's a video of me scoring my 400th try for Wigan and I run the length of the pitch and I pull my hamstring five metres from the try line. And in that moment, and I know because I connect with that moment, I think to myself, if I fall down, and I've got a right to fall down, I've just pulled my hamstring, I'm not going to play for another six or seven weeks. And I'm thinking in that moment, If I don't make it to that try line, this moment is gonna be forgotten. But if I can somehow get it to there and score that try, then I'm gonna remember this moment for the rest of my life. And people may be inspired by it and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking when, you know, you're in the military and you pull a hamstring, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't just go down no. anyway. You don't even have the choice. No. You know what I mean? Because like, you might end up dying. What do you do? And I'm thinking, yeah. what do you do? You can't like, just be, everyone stop yeah, shooting. I yeah. pulled me hamstring. Or, 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 or you just like, you twist your ankle or stuff like that. And I'm just, when you get into your mindset of that, and that's why it's real. It's for keeps in the army. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's why respect, don't get me wrong. When you go into a rugby pitch, you have to have the mindset of, I am prepared to die. To-. You probably won't. And, you know, people have died on a rugby pitch. And as the same way as that, uh, you know, people die in real life from, you know, slipping over in the shower or, or whatever. And I always have that mindset. And that's why you've got to be blessed for every day on this planet, because there are people on this planet with terminal diseases who will live longer than people who think they've got the rest of their life all in front of them. Hmm. Yeah, that true. That is what life is about. And that's why you have to have that mindset of being blessed and being grateful for all that you have. And I think that being in the military, you know, as I say, in sport, we learn so much because we have that mindset of I'm going to be prepared to die today. Anyone who watches um, rugby or or see me, um, you know, score that try at Wembley or seen the, the video, seen the run that I did from under my own sticks in the middle of the pitch just to help my teammates out, okay? And I went into that game on the back of... A newspaper article, which you can go onto my, you see what my mindset. I keep these things to be remembered Uh, on my Instagram pages. There's a there's a newspaper story, one of the pictures, and it says. From the Daily Mirror that day, and it says me, it says finished at the top of the, and it's a picture of me because a, a guy who ironically sits on the statue with me outside Wembley, a guy called Alex Murphy, wrote a story saying that I was rubbish, I was finished, the best of a bad bunch. And I, and I were, admittedly, I'd been going through some ups and downs at the time. Yeah. So he wrote that about, that story about me. Imagine that. So I wake up, read the story in the Daily Mirror, gently... Fold it up, put it into my blazer pocket, and I'm walking around as you do at Wembley, you know, like for the FA Cup or big games. And people want to interview me, and I'm just like walking away from interviewers because I'm thinking, you never want to be interviewed before a big game. You want to be interviewed after a big game because if you are interviewed after a big game, you know you've done something right. So yeah. <laughs> if you interviewed, I'm thinking I might have done myself. I was just think, and I was just like walking about because I was so much in my thoughts, and I just thought to myself, you know, I wanna, I wanna prove this guy wrong. I Just give me extra motivation. It's like what Michael Jordan used to do. You create things in your mind to keep going. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like like if you're doing a run and you want to keep going, you kind of think, well, if I stop, I'm going to die or something like that. You just play tricks with yourself. It's like being an actor almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know exactly what you're saying. And you keep going. And um, yeah, on that day, you know, that's so much. And I just thought to myself, yeah, I'm prepared to die today. Because that's you know, that hurt me so much. That person saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna churn that around and bring positivity from it. I'm gonna work half my team, I'm gonna do that. I learned that from you know from playing in Australia and playing with people. I'm thinking that is the mindset that, you know, you have to have to be in the military. You've got to think so. I am prepared, you know. You hope you don't, but you have to be prepared to because you're going out there and you have to do the right things. And and that's why I think that um uh, you know. I've got a big props for anyone who's in the military, uh, because you know. Yeah, absolutely. Let's keep the real, and you're doing that, so some someone else doesn't. Someone else's kid doesn't have to do it. Absolutely. Sorry if I go off. I get a bit passionate sometimes when I speak, and sometimes I can go off tangent. I can even lose track of what I'm saying, but you know. I, I Love hope it. it love, hope it's all love, coming from a love good place.
2: Mindset conversations. Absolutely love it. Now, this last guess cracks me up because you <laughs> you've been talking like about like people that are easy on the eye yeah. in your um, yeah. in your list and Chloe yeah. Kardashian, Kardashian. Yeah. yeah, these are all good, good yeah. people who, you know. Yeah. Hope that your wife's not listed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us give us your last guess, Martin. Yeah. My last <laughs> guess is Sasha Grey. U.S. actress and former
1: porn star. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to get myself out of this because I know I was expecting this. Obviously, I was expecting this. I'm thinking, you, people might go, Sasha Gray, who's Sasha Gray? Google.
2: Oh, Sasha Gray. And I've just thrown you under the bus. Yeah, I know, for those yeah. That
1: didn't know. I, I, I love entourage. I love entourage. Me too. Because I am oh about goodness. life. Life is about having an entourage, you know. And when you say entourage, it's in, in the... Which good- Sasha in, Entourage. Um, she is, um, the girlfriend of the main character. Vince. Vince, yeah, 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 yeah. Vince's girlfriend for for a few episodes. And I love Entourage and, um, Ronda Rousey, that's it. Yeah, yeah. She could knock me out and put me in an armbar, but, um, uh, Sasha Gray. And it's going to be a bit more controversial, because I like to be controversial without being controversial, but I love Entourage and... Because Johnny Drama is that guy you're always rooting for. Because, you know, you know, in life. You know, you can be like Vinny Chase. You can be tall, good looking, or you can, uh, you know, you can be intelligent, or you can be whatever. But Johnny Drama, he's constantly, always battling. But then he's he's winning. There's more Johnny Dramas in this world than there are Ari Golds, or there are <laughs> anyone else. Like so, there was someone else that I wanted to put on this list. And uh, that was Gary Neville. I wanted to put Gary Neville on this because that that kind of why don't we just throw in Gary, yeah, Gary Neville, Neville and Wiley and uh, from, yeah, what, it's yeah, your yeah, party, it's my party. You're going on the deck, exactly, now, so, yeah. so You don't want to
2: be DJing Gar- to four people, <laughs>
1: yeah, do you? Yeah. And, and <laughs> the reason why I pick in Gary Neville is the same reason why Johnny Drama is my um, my my go-to character because I always think you. Always, I always want the underdog because. Life is about challenges. If life's easy, you know, you're good looking, you're tall, you know lots of people, you're talented, whatever, and you just do your, you do your stuff. But life's about, and the, the best bit about life, is overcoming challenges, isn't it? Thinking to myself, I can't do this, but doing it anyway, then actually succeeding, isn't it? You know, that's why I know that the games that I won, it's not if I'm playing against a team who we're expected to beat and I've got all the good players and I'm a good player and we win. No, it's when you go in there. No one gives you a chance. I remember like playing in Australia in '88 Sydney Football Stadium. We'd lost the first two tests. We'd had injuries, and like the imagine that the Australian press was saying these English players are absolutely rubbish. Don't give them a hope in hell. And then we go out and, and we win. And those feelings, like in '92, and just like in life, I, I I remember the times when you overcome challenges. And that's why I love watching Man United now. It's because when I was a Man United fan back in the day, and we were winning all the time. Never said, oh, you know, it's easy for you or whatever. But I I enjoy watching... I didn't understand how well, some people who go and watch their team for, like, 30 years, they never win a game <laughs> <laughs> or two. And then that's finally win one, and you get so excited. Sometimes it means more. When you go through more, when you actually achieve something, it actually means more. And that's why I think with Johnny, he was always battling up against it, wasn't he? He wasn't a particularly handsome guy. He wasn't, you know, he, the younger brother of a more talented... You know, I was a bit like that growing up. I was i was the Johnny Jarmer. <laughs> my brother no was Vince. Chance. I'm telling you 100%. He was better looking than me. He was more intelligent than me. My brother, <laughs> three years older than me, okay? And I didn't meet my brother until I was four. He was seven. He lived through a, a civil war, okay? The Biafran War. Parents come from Nigeria, have kids, send them back to Nigeria because there's no such thing as childcare and tax credits and all that back in the 60s. Um, they're studying and working full time as well. Uh, Civil war breaks out. they have me obviously they don 't send me back to the, <laughs> back to the war zone, thankfully, so my brother comes to England at seven doesn 't speak English by eleven learns to speak English, passes eleven plus me, who then who's been speaking English all my life doesn 't pass eleven plus only gets into Wolf small School to play rugby on the back of my brother <laughs> being this incredible character. my brother then that was the, the most incredible sportsman at school, people who meet me who went to my school. To this day, we'll, if I see someone on the street, will look at me and go, "Mate, how did you end up becoming uh, the person with the statue?" Chike, Chike is the, the, the talented What's one. What's your brother called? He, Chike, but he was Cyril at school. Cyril, uh, but he he was he he was incredibly talented. Then he uh, leaves school, plays um, cricket for Surrey, and then out of uh, gets a degree. Then out of thin blue, the thin blue egg decides. I know I'm going to teach myself to play the guitar because he um, saw a Jimi Hendrix's video. So then he teaches himself to play the guitar, self-taught while I'm trying to play rugby. I'm like, please, I've got a rugby match tomorrow. Can you, can you pipe that down, please? He's teaching himself to play the guitar, playing the guitar every single day. Gets a recording contract with Virgin, gets a quarter of a million pounds, flies to America, uh, records an album, comes back, and Richard Branson um, sells um, the record label to fund his war with um, British Airways, because he, so he sold Virgin Music. Then, so they cut him, he kept the money, and then things didn't work out so well for him after then. But I'm just thinking, sometimes in life, when you've got so many options... You're better in life for just having one option and just staying stay with it. I'm like, why, it? mate, why don't you just become a rugby player? You would have been, you'd have been the greatest footballer, rugby player, whatever. But you know, he just wanted to do that, wanted to do that, wanted to do that, and then life's well, funny like that.
2: Sounds like your brother is an absolute inspiration mate, and hero to you. Uh, without him, we've got a a couple, be we've got here, a couple man. of wild cards in, yep. in Wiley and Gary Neville. Should we put Cyril at the table? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <Should> <laughs> we have Cyril. Yeah, we'll have Cyril at the table yes. as well. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. I'm starving now, right? We've gone through all of these guests. Yes. We need to get cooking. Yeah, yeah. I bet <laughs> we're, we're busy, mate. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the shit here. <laughs> It's going to be pretty costly well, as well, mate. Yeah, welcoming everyone.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
2: Right, let's get down to the business then. Yeah. The food, the drink, the music. Let's yeah. start with the food. What are we having for a starter?
1: What are we having for a starter? So I wouldn't have picked the starter originally, but I'm picking it now because of, I'm thinking to myself, mate, you know, don't want to fill up. <laughs> I used to be one of those guys who used to go to the restaurant. By the time you've had the, the main cup, you've had about four, four loads of bread. <laughs> like, got that space. <laughs> so I'm just going, oysters, rock oysters, man. Oh, you can't go lovely. better than that. It's a nice oysters yeah. bit of... Uh, no, hot sauce on it as well, so yeah, it's yeah, a nice. Oysters.
2: So we're we're going beautiful rock oysters.
1: Yes, opened, served raw. Yes, and then just With what and with some like hot sauce, just with some hot sauce.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Nothing else. Nothing else. Well, that other little sauce have the uh, like chimichurri type saucy stuff. That have nice, lovely. There. Yeah, yeah. I've
2: got nothing to. I've got nothing to add. I apps and I love what you've paired with it, which we'll come on to. Um, oysters are fantastic. Exactly yeah. like what you said. Like that. I think a lot of people are a bit squeamish of them yeah. but actually they're not what oh. you think it just tastes of the sea yes beauty. and it's probably one of the only it's probably just one of the sort of very last of you know the products where there's no process no you just open it and eat it yeah you know a chicken you cook it yeah. a piece a of you know you just literally there's no it comes out the ocean you open it and eat it
1: yeah and I'm thinking you know anything else would just be too much and be simple and yeah. you know thinking of calories as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. We got rock oysters. So um, we'll use beautiful port yep. oysters from Cornwall. Yep. Um, we'll have chimichurri. Yep. Love that sauce and hot sauce. Yep. What are we starting off to drink? Champagne. Yeah, champagne. Beautiful.
1: I, I tell you, you know when you've made it in life, okay. <laughs> when you go to, a, when you get invited when to. When you're walking past
2: um, Noel Gallagher in the queue? Uh, yeah. is, that when you know, is that when you know Martin?
1: <laughs> no, I say. <laughs> or when, when you, there's a statue outside yeah, Wembley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are certain brometers, <laughs> but the one brometer I like to use is when you get invited to events, okay? Yeah. And it's. They keep filling your glass up with champagne that you get home, you don't know how much champagne you've drunk. Because normally when you go to a place, you. you you know how much champagne you've drunk because you drink one glass of champagne and then you go and get another one. And you but when you go to events and like it's champagne and they keep, you know, they top up your glass, keep topping it up and it's only half. And you get to think to yourself, God, I don't even know how much champagne I've drunk. That's when you know you're winning. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love that barometer. <laughs> you go to an event, and you know how much champagne you've drunk. You yeah. You got a particular a good... champagne you like? Um... Crystal man, let's just go. Let's go, let this,
2: this, this guy is a I was going to say, I was going to say He's Moe, but let's
1: go Cristal. Let's live in a state of abundance. <laughs> oh, man. Next time you go to
2: Ibiza, can you invite me? <laughs> I would love to hang, I'd love to hang with you for the weekend.
1: First tune, what we're we listening to? First tune, um, it's the tune that not a lot of people would know it's called The Time Is Now. People don't know it. You just know it if it's a tune. That's why, that's why DJs are DJs, because they put on tunes that people don't know. And then it's, it's, it's amazing. The first time I heard this tune, I said, music's so important to me. Like, uh, you know, obviously before games, I listened to music. Now I have a tune for every uh, single person in my family, so I have a tune with my wife, my hands with her, There's a tune that uh, reminds me of my first son, and yeah. the tune that. So we all oh, have our nice. tunes, and I'm thinking one day I'm not going to be here, right? And they might be 70 years old, and that, that tune comes on, they're going to remember me. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that's what I'm about, about and, that, and having that connection and. The, you know, the lyrics and the feeling of the song. And this song, I'm gonna play the day that my son makes his debut in the football premiership. He's only 12 now. But this is I said to him, if you make your debut in the premiership, I told him, two things I told him, I said to him, if you make your debut in the premiership, because he's just on trial at QPR, because he was a rugby player, yeah. he switched over to, to, to play to the dark side, to play yeah. football. So we're on that journey now. And I said that, I said to him, two things. If you make your debut in the uh, premiership, I'm gonna give you 50 grand. Yeah. Okay? What he doesn't realize, if he makes his debut in the premiership, in about 10 years' time, he won't need 50 grand. <laughs> <laughs> but when you say that to a 12, it's all about mindset. So now he's like, he's practicing because he's thinking, I'm going to get 50 grand. <laughs> so, I'm t- so so if he gets up in the morning and he doesn't do his keepy-uppies in the morning I'm thinking mate you're putting that 50 grand so he goes out and, <laughs> and yeah, does his keepy-uppies
2: the, the, these 12 year olds these days they're sharp they watch yeah. YouTube he's going to be coming to you Yeah, I want him to come with up. a letter mate. saying he wants 25% up front <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: but mate it's the best <laughs> I'll give him that gun <laughs> because <laughs> even if he wants it because uh, hopefully I've made some good investments and um, he's probably going get it, to get it when I die anyway so. Fantastic. <laughs> so, I'll just give it to you a bit earlier. <laughs> so, Mark, Mark, just give us the name of that full song. Uh, it's called "The Time Is Now." Uh, it's it's, it's by uh, Underground, and um, uh, I think it's called uh, uh, Afterworks. Yeah, but it's uh, it's an obscure tune. But honestly, I put this tune on every morning when I go and I go for my five k walk because it puts me in this state. And it's such a, a wicked tune. And every time I go to a match, I put it, play it in, in the car because I'm trying to put it into his psyche, this tune. So then at first it used to be me just putting it on the, on the car radio because he's just going to more listen to Stormzy or Chipmunk or whoever. <laughs> but now sometimes he puts the tune on as well. And, <laughs> and so I'm thinking I'm, I'm creating an emotional it. connection with this tune, music and me and him and success and he feels good. And um, yeah, you know, dare to dream.
2: Love it. Right, on to the main course. What were
1: eating? What were eating? Oh, I can't um,
2: believe you got it, Martin. You be- were
1: doing so well. Just because... <laughs> you were doing yeah, so because, well. <laughs> just because, again, I'm thinking, there's lots of other things I was thinking of. Uh, obviously, when I did, uh, when I won Calm Down with me, I cooked a Nigerian um, a chicken stew, yeah, um, which was... You should have chose that. Well, I was going to choose, but I've already cooked that. I've already cooked that. And you could have been teaching me <laughs> yeah. while we're in the kitchen. I put I put just a, a one Scotch bonnet. I'll tell you a funny story about this when I did it because I know that when you watch these um, um, programs, you know cooking shows, and people always look for an excuse not to like the food. Like if like oh I don't like, I don't eat this or I don't eat don't like spice, but I always put enough in it to make it tasty, but not so much in it so people can go oh, I, I don't like that. Yeah, I, I like to. I like to make it a challenge that somebody doesn't like something and try and cook it for them yeah. so that they will eat it. You know what I mean? So that's the, that, that's the challenge. And yeah. I, I could see that one uh, guy uh, said, oh, I don't like spice, but he still ate it all. <laughs> Kieran Bracken, because it was a rugby player, has come dine with me. And then another guy, Victor Bogu, who... Um, who dines out on this, um, said to me, oh yeah, you know, even when they were doing it, he tried to m- mark me low. And I was like, you asked for seconds. <laughs> you can't say it wasn't your favorite <laughs> if yeah. you asked for seconds. So I just took the seeds out of the Scotch bonnet, but kept the whole Scotch bonnet. And so it was like warm, but it was like uh, still, and if some of you have not eaten before, it's very Moorish as well. Cause I'm always about you know, when you're tasting your food, I'm always like um, tasting it constantly, thinking, adding that, you know, it's like always adding this, adding that, thinking that it's, oh yeah, no. Try and resist. That, that comes Try and resist with me, that.
2: mate. They got to change it. They got to change the name of that show. It should be "Come Play Mind Games." i
1: am I dare you to I not d- eat that. There if is you're it. hungry and not eat that, because like, that thousand
2: <laughs> that thousand pound fanned out in Reddys on that silver platter, they couldn't care less about the food. They are in that taxi on the
1: way <laughs> home thinking, "Right, yeah. what's my tactic?" Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. So I, that, that was my challenge. I'm thinking that. I've got to cook something that I dare you not to eat it if you're hungry, because that's a that's a because as you say it was like, <laughs> you know, if you're hungry and there's food on the plate there and you like you like even if you you're thinking no, I'm not going to eat that you're thinking. Mm, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of them ate it. Even the ones that said that they didn't like But you haven't gone for but Nigerian chilli with Scott Bonnet. You've no. gone for something completely different. Yeah, obviously, because obviously it's in the news at, at the moment <laughs> <laughs> with Salt of the ridiculous of what he's charging. There's about 800 quid for a gold and Tomahawk steaks. So yeah, which is Let, what you've gone for. Let's get that bad boy here. Like, let's get that bad boy in. <laughs> bad boy in so. Can I just
2: say at this point, yeah. right? I'll cook, if I'm in the kitchen with you, I'll yep. cook this tomahawk. Yeah, I'll cook it brilliantly. I'm not going to wrap it in gold leaf, <laughs> yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to take it out to all those guests. You're, <laughs> you're going to take g- it okay. out to them all, and you're going to put salt off your elbow, and you're
1: going to do weird things with a knife. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <But> <laughs> and, wear, and wear circle Noel Gallagher glasses. Yeah.
1: The way I was thinking about because like a lot of the times when I go out to uh, a restaurant, especially if I'm hungry, and um, I'm not quite sure what, you know, it's not, you know, no one's given me any sort of recommendations or whatever. You kind of go for a steak because it's like, it's like you know, most restaurants don't mess a steak up. It's very yeah. so hard. If you're a half decent chef, I would say, I don't know. You can tell me, but I would yeah. think it's a simple thing. Is it, First thing you'd learn to cook maybe after an egg as yeah, you go to the steak school?
2: It's, it's it's one of those, but you're absolutely right. It is something that could actually be um quite simple, but there is a, a like a process. Yeah. And it's the most simplest things. So you know, a steak coming straight out of the fridge and going into the pan. Yeah no, yeah, yeah. You're never gonna cook that beautifully. Yeah, um, resting yeah. is a real big one. One I get asked all the time is, yeah, but you chefs tell us to rest it, but then it will go cold it won't go cold because mm. we're not telling you to rest it for six days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're, we're telling you to rest to it for the, like, the like 20 up, yeah. minutes and just every every five minutes turn it, whether it's a sirloin, a yep. tomahawk, a ribeye, a cotton yep. buff, whatever, turn it every five minutes so the juices with inside the meat are going up and down. Yeah. Also, if it's a thin piece just straight in the pan, but like, no, no thin pieces at this Nah, you want a like, <laughs> yeah. nice, nice thick piece, so you're cooking it nice and slowly, caramelising the protein yeah. on the outside. All yeah. of those things are me important. You're hungry now. <laughs> and I think, like, if, so you've cho- you've gone for the, the, the Salt Boy or Salt Bay Tomahawk yeah. and Gold Leaf Steak. Can yeah. I pick the sides?
1: Yes, definitely.
2: All right, so we'll go, we'll have um, nice, crispy, proper thick chips. Okay,
1: yeah. All yeah, right?
2: Uh, yeah. We'll have mushrooms. I love yep. garlic mushrooms. Yep. Garlic and parsley mushrooms. Yep. Sauces, we're gonna, we'll go two.
1: Yeah.
2: Green peppercorn. Yeah. All right. So yep. you've got that kind of nice yep. kind of gravy, dark style sauce. Nice bit of tarragon vinegar in it. Yep. And then the other sauce, Bernays. So we've got that kind of thick yeah. egg-based sauce. Like, but There's nice one thing and, that you've missed out. I haven't finished yet. Oh, okay. All right. Veg. <laughs> nice spinach. Oh, all right. Man, love. Now we're talking. Yeah. Love. Popeye all day, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Spinach. <laughs> And like the other green veg, I yep. love it. I just, I love broccoli. Oh, I love broccoli. I absolutely, I love broccoli oh, with steak.
1: I, I I love broccoli with simply anything. steamed. Yeah,
2: nice nice yep. sea salt and yep. butter. Oh, That's I love
1: it. that. When my and some crack when pepper. my wife does a uh, Sunday roast and she does she <laughs> she, she doesn't put um, peas or broccoli on, I'm like, babe, come on, this, is, no, come on, come on. It's that it's simple. It's a simple veg. She likes in all these, so much extravagant veg and all these different, I'm like, come on, just put some broccoli. It's got to be green. We need to be some green. What diverse colours in there.
2: United colours. you know of what, Mrs. O, if you listen to this, take no notice, all right? I'm learning a lot about your husband, um, porn stars and Khloe Kardashian and he's got his demands at the dinner table. You stay as you are and keep going. All
1: right. <laughs> what are we drinking? It's got to be red, isn't it? Nice yeah. Malbec. Yeah, um, I'm not a big uh, wine aficionado, but I know with red meat, <laughs> I need a red wine. One thing I did discover is red wine and chocolate. That's one thing I discovered not too, too long ago, that if you put crumble a crumble bit of chocolate in your mouth and then, put, and then drink a sip of red wine, it's orgasmic.
2: Yeah, yeah, lovely. Malbec, great
1: choice. Yep, definitely, yeah, very, very nice. Malbec. And what we're listening to, what tunes? Oasis. Yeah. Oasis. Noel's there anyway, so got to put some Wonderwall on. Yeah.
2: Is that your favourite track of all time yeah, of well,
1: theirs? Well it's it's I'll tell you what, it's the only one I can remember when I'm drunk to do karaoke. You know, like because <laughs> the only time I'm that kind of person, I if I'm sober, I don't do karaoke. And if I'm drunk, I probably can't read stuff very well. So you have to do something that you can remember. And the only two things I can remember is obviously I I did Stars in your eyes once. So Did I, you? I, yeah, I did um Tunde Bayeyu from Lighthouse Family, yeah, yeah who, did, yeah. who did lifted. So I sang that mm-hmm. I lost to the 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 legend that is Jay Goody uh god rest her soul who did um a country and western tune but i may I, and she didn't even do any rehearsals for it i just i I was like eight weeks because you know i'm like mate i'm doing this i wanted to do seal do, do, do you sing then do you uh, like no, singing oh, i like singing i used to be, yeah only when i was out and about back in the 90s i used to be doing i used to <laughs> i used to think i could sing but i'm no i'm not a big singer but i can hold a tune as long as i haven't got a big range so i can't really go up and down so but yeah. lifted from Lyas Family is all pretty yeah, on the same yeah. sort of note. So I managed to 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 do that one. Is that on YouTube? Oh check that out. <laughs> <laughs> I appear on telly on the most randomest shows, like, because I've like, I've done shows which people have actually forgotten. I'm the guy they go to for reality TV shows but nobody else wants to do them. And they'll go Martin, if I, yeah, he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so um it was so funny I think what was that? Some people are always, now with social media, people always send me. I think I was on Bargain Hunt or Antiques Road Trip <laughs> the other day or something. I'll tell you what, I was on the other day, which absolutely made me laugh was like, because I did an episode of uh, Emmerdale. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the 90s, I played myself <laughs> in Emmerdale. And through lockdown, there was that uh, kind of like a, uh, you know, obviously there was no filming being done, so they were like showing old Emmerdale, so they show and me in the wolf pack talking about my name when I've got, with I've gotten with two of the characters and uh, the big girl. She was after me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've done some, I've done some strange, strange. TV I have got an Emmerdale story. Have you? <laughs> so
2: when I was working, when I was working for Gordon Ramsay at yep. Royal Hospital Road, yeah, been there for about a year, and um, out of nowhere they really, just said, um, "There's a new character coming into Emmerdale. He's a chef called yep. Marlon." And he's going to come and spend a week with us. Yeah. And he came and spent a week on my section, right? Oh, yeah. This this guy, and it was just the most weirdest thing because back then you're in, you're in this you're in this twilight zone. Yeah, you're yeah working working Many yeah. hours. Yeah. You're, it's it, you know, Royal Hospital Road, Restaurant yep. Gordon Ramsay. It's, it's it's like it was like kitchens I've been in, like going from like the Marines to the SAS. Yes. It was absolutely phenomenal. So you're not. Really, it wasn't like, oh yeah, someone from Emmerdale because obviously I grew up yeah. with my mum and dad watching Emmerdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just a bit random, and then it was just like. <laughs> That's and, what and Marlon, I love about life.
1: Like, I love the randomness
2: yeah. of life. And Marlon, as as the character he plays, the character he plays yeah. in Emmerdale is quite how he was. I remember him yeah. for this whole week of just having <laughs> this guy next to me, like sort of getting chef kind of tips. <laughs> Now, we're going to move on to dessert. Yes. You have nailed it. We have this on the menu at our pub. Do You have nailed it. Go for it. Take it away.
1: Because I obviously went to uh, boarding school and around um, about the 70, round about, you know, 77 to 85. So, you know, things like spotted dick, you know, bread and butter pudding, jam tart. Just the old school desserts were massive. I'd say my mum was a... Um, uh, home economics teacher as well yeah. and God to this day I could eat steamed not baked steamed One, jam absolutely steamed jam roly poly until it came up my ears I just wouldn't stop eating it there's no reason to stop eating it <laughs> <laughs> be no stop. <laughs> <laughs> just a heart attack <laughs> just, I <don't> know <laughs>
0: yeah. apart from that but
1: just the taste of it when well, my mom used to do it and put that um when she's to steam it and she's to like you know have the gauze and everything on the top and then tie with the piece yeah, yeah. Of rope around the thing and yeah. oh mate just now you're just taking myself back but that yeah so, so I'll give you a, a
2: little tip so we've got we've got a strawberry jam oh, rolling poly on it jam, there man. yeah oh. in the pub and that but you know when you when you add the butter yeah. to the recipe before we add the butter we just lightly brown it right yeah and the Change in flavor is phenomenal. Yeah. So what happens is, is when you melt the butter, mm. it separates the ghee, yeah. clarified, and then yeah. you have the milk solids underneath. The yeah. milk solids then basically yeah. just brown in the pan, and go like nutty hazelnut flavor. And you take it off, and then we fold that through the batter yeah. mix, and it is a game changer,
1: Ooh.
2: absolute game. And then thick, proper custard. custard. Oh, should we just? I'm go just taking, I was about
1: to say I needed need, need, need a minute just, there.
2: Yeah. We kind of was gazing into each other's yeah, yeah. eyes for a second <laughs> when we said custard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drink, love it. Now, uh, now I'm getting yeah. to know you just because it's, it's so you. Because
1: I'm thinking <laughs> now, so I want to get the party started because obviously we're going partying afterwards, and there's no nothing better to get a party started than um, uh, you know some shots because I'm I'm not a big drinker. You know, because I, I, I was teetotal, I was very much about I'm an athlete, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. Yeah. But then life is, I just got to that one point where I thought, if I score another try, no one's going to really care whether I've scored 502 tries or 501. My life is not going to be any different. But having a couple of extra tequila shots in a night out might make me some memories for, for life. And I <laughs> so. But I think it was about 29. And one of the guys I'm going to to meet after I leave here today, I played with at Wigan a guy called Phil Clark, and he remembers a lot of stories because he remembers the change of me going from T-Total... To Martin likes a drink. <laughs> and uh, obviously, anyone who's new to the drink is like makes an absolute fool of himself. And <laughs> as a lot of people can uh, um, relate to that, and I made a fool of myself once on the bus on the way back from uh, we won at Wembley in the Challenge Cup final. And I remember saying to people, because when, when, you when you're in a group of drinkers and you're the only one who doesn't drink, you know, unless you're the designated driver, everyone's going to try and get you to drink and, uh, you know, because they think either you're, sometimes they might think you're aloof or you're this or you're that or, or I never used to get the jokes. They'd be on the, the bus laughing about stuff on the way back from games and I'd be thinking, that's just not funny. <laughs> What's funny about what you're doing? This is not funny. And it's But it's only until I got drunk that I realised nothing's funny. We're just drunk, so we're laughing. <laughs> but you, you, then, then it kind of taught me d- differently because I was a bit, you know, I'm I'm so single focused. I wanna score tries, I wanna do this. And I that got me to where I was. But I think what makes you grow as a as a as a human being is experiencing other things and doing some things which are wrong. Sometimes you have to do the wrong things to actually yeah. grow and and then think, okay, well, you know. I got through that, <laughs> didn't kill me, I'm not doing that again. That is part of life and I didn't realise that at the time. I just thought you just had to steer clear of those things sometimes. But no, sometimes you have to indulge a little bit in some of those things and do, so, you know, cause we are, we're gonna mess up anyways. So yeah. <laughs> you might as well plan your mess ups just for a little bit and then get back back on track again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just like uh, God, I think they um, literally, I was ended up semi-naked and nearly hung over the side of an open top bus. And, uh, yeah, some crazy times. But, uh, yeah, great memories. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's bring out the tequila shots. Yeah, exactly. But I always say that people, like, you know, I'm just going out for one. Once you, you know, like going out for one drink or once the shots come out, all bets are off. Just, <laughs> you know,
2: but you that's know. just not a British thing, is it? Like you know, like in France and Italy, they go out for one. Yeah, they have a glass of wine. They yeah. they they love it, don't they? That, whereas it just doesn't happen. That's just not something yeah, we yeah. do. We go, let go out for one. What's the point yeah,
1: of but, going out for one? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that, I do. We are in that culture, but I couldn't. You know, when you're having a meal or whatever, you know, if I'm at home and you know, I have a glass of wine, you know, with with my Sunday roast or something. That is, but I always say, once a shot's come out, that's when you know. Once people start having a couple of shots, you know, things are going to get messy. Things are going to get, you know, you don't know what time you're going to get in.
2: You sound like my mum.
1: <laughs> Honestly, my mum my, my
2: tries to convince us, our family. Like, she said, look, I just have a glass of wine every night with my dinner. The glass is massive. There's yeah. half a bottle in yeah. the glass, right? That's not a glass yeah. of wine with your dinner. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm
1: definitely not from that school of, of uh, uh, drinking. I'm definitely from the scheduling. I'm like, I, I can abstain uh, because I know it's better to, um, you know, not drink than obviously drink too much. But then I always like to, you know, put something in the diary. On the 17th of November, that's when I'm going to go I'm going to have it. Yeah, you know, and then I then you schedule it. Then then I don't need to do it every day because I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it. And final final track. What what we're listening to? My final track would have to be uh, my son Phoenix's favorite track. He puts it on the car all the time. It upsets everyone in the car except for me. <laughs> and um, yeah, I like it. It's yeah. a sheen. Stormzy. It's clap. a sheen. Dave. Tune.
2: Right, we're coming to the, the, the end, Martin, and I've got one final question for you. So in yeah. my industry, like, you know, all the coveted awards you've won, but, the, you know, the, the one award in, in my industry is Michelin stars. It's the one thing that chefs, restaurateurs, yeah. hoteliers, you know, you, you're doing something great, but also when you have the, you know, a Michelin star, people want to people wanna come and see what you're doing, and if you had to give a Michelin star to a artist, musician, who would
1: that be? That's an easy one, really. Noel Gallagher. Yeah. Um, Gary Barlow's close second. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Noel would have to get the yeah. biscuit, that one. If yeah. I could give out two, then I'll give one to... <laughs> no, only get one. <laughs> you just want... Hey, Mate, you let, let say, me...
2: Yeah, yeah, hang on a second. Can I invite I'll Gary go, Barlow I'll go, I'll go, I'll to I'll the do. party as well? I was <laughs> just about to say that. We'll stick Gary with the other... We'll stick Gary with Cyril.
1: Yeah, yeah. He'll be Gary the Neville. Table. Yeah, and Wiley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now yeah, Gary Barlow. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I'm it's... gonna feel you're making me feel bad now because I've got this Michelin star, which I've given yeah. to, to Noel, and Gary's sitting in the corner, he's got the aunt with me. No <laughs> Barlow, <laughs> not
2: Neville. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, great choice. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant choice. Yeah, absolute, yeah, absolute legend, and like you say, songwriter. Uh, Martin, a fire. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Nice Walks and tunes. Um, love, love your answers. Love your food. And thanks for thanks for being here.
1: Thanks. It's been a blast. <laughs>